0: From WNYC, this is Money Talking. I'm Charlie Herman. Hello, Laurence. Oui. Hello, c'est Charlie. Oui, bonjour. Bonjour, comment vas-tu? Ça
1: va très bien, merci, et
0: toi? Laurence Bagot is a documentary producer in Paris, a former business journalist, and someone I've known for many years. So I decided to give her a call as France gets ready to vote this weekend for its next president. And they're facing a choice between the independent centrist Emmanuel Macron and the far-right nationalist Marine Le Pen. What is the mood like in France?
1: I would say that the mood of French people has been very tense since the past few weeks and especially since the first round. The society was uh, very split and very divided.
0: So what's the expectation of what will happen?
1: very likely that Macron will win. The thing which is expected is afterwards, how he will form a government, because this guy, you have to remember, is coming from nowhere. I mean, a year ago, he quit the government and said he's going to, to create a, a new movement, and now he's, he's possibly our next president.
0: There are a lot of echoes in this presidential campaign to our recent one, but of course there are differences too. And what the French face is a choice about how much they support the European Union. And a vote for Le Pen may be indicating that France is looking for the Frexit. Well, to understand what this election means, especially here in the United States, I turn to Rana Faruhar with the Financial Times and Rob Cox with Reuters, who joins via Skype, And Rob, just to put it out there, Americans are really not so good at paying attention to what happens in other countries, especially presidential elections. Why should we watch this one closely?
2: Well, this is another choice like Brexit and really like the US election where voters are being sort of given two possibilities for the future. One is a sort of globalist and and liberal view of the world. And I use that sort of liberal small L. And the other is nationalist, America first in our case, an illiberal view of the world. And it is rather important for a number of reasons, um, not least of which would be the marketplace, the stock market and the bond market. A decision by the French to vote for the illiberal uh, nationalist candidate in this election would probably lead to a pretty big upset in global financial markets, including US financial assets, largely because there would almost certainly be a referendum on EU membership, a bit like we saw with Britain. Uh, And that would be hugely destabilizing for the global economy and for for markets.
0: Well, even if Le Pen doesn't win, is there the the, the worry that these issues don't go away just because she's not president? You know, in a way, it's like if you keep stretching the the, the T-shirt, it loses its form altogether. You know, if you keep pulling at the EU and what it's about, does it at some point begin to just start to collapse on its own?
1: If there's a Le Pen victory, absolutely, the thread gets pulled apart because France and Germany together were the creators of the European Union, you know, way back to the 1950s, the coal and steel union that was meant to keep Europe from ever being in conflict again. So if that goes, big trouble. But even with a Macron victory, you still have these questions to resolve. Is this going to be just some sort of loose economic union, which I personally think can't hold, the center will not hold in that case, uh, or is it going to be a real political integration? And it's an interesting moment because with Brexit happening, I think there could be an opportunity if Macron wins for Europe to come together and say, okay, we're going to regroup, we're going to recommit to this project. But if that doesn't happen, then I think it's very possible the next five years you could see a disintegration or at least a change in the membership of the Eurozone.
2: I'm, I'm kind of a bull on Europe at the moment. I actually think, you know, you have a moment here where we've got the Netherlands, potentially France, and almost certainly Germany in September, basically electing pro-EU governments and giving them mandates to move forward over the next, you know, four five and six years. And you don't have the pesky Brits in the mix remember the brits have always (laughs) been the pain they're the ones who've been trying you know every step of the way they've kind of uh, neutered the progress of of the european union um what you could actually have is this real moment where the founding members of the european union can really sit down and decide what they need to do to make the case for you know a better political union i'm not sure that means stronger but certainly means one that's more workable they have to recognize that this will have been a narrow escape from the clutches of populism, which could have completely brought down the experiment uh, and the project um, and come to some new understanding. But there's and I, also
0: and the possibility that they could not take action, that even if Macron wins – that uh, they just continue to stumble along like they did after the Greek debt crisis and other issues that they've had that they just don't unify and that the, the union begins to break apart?
1: I think that's a real possibility. And there are a couple dominoes already in place. I mean, the public finances in Italy are a disaster. Italy is ripe for a debt crisis. Uh, German banks are not uh, the monetary policy environment. It's very low rate environment. It's hard for banks to, to earn money right now. I mean, all of this is to say that we could see another round of the year European debt crisis unless you see a strong political coming together. And I think that that means that Germany has to say, you know what, we're committed, we are going to be one Europe, and and Europe itself is going to ultimately, I think, have to commit to integrated fiscal policy, tax policy. That's a big deal. You know, I mean, these are countries that were never founded on the same basis as America was, as lands of immigrants. Um, They're very different cultures. They have very different economic situations, which, um, you know, understandably require different solutions. So it's a big deal. It's a big lift. I think that that's what's going to be required to avoid another round of the debt crisis. And even though um, everybody's a little bullish on Europe right now because they're in cyclical recovery, I mean, the economy is kind of in a normal upswing after a period of not doing so well for several years, the growth picture longer term isn't all that great.
0: So we had the Brexit, we had Trump winning the presidential election If Le Pen loses this election, does that signal to you that this recent wave of populism may be fading?
1: I think that yes in terms of this round of candidates. But when I look at the underlying economic factors that push populism, slow growth – Uh, young populations that have still double-digit unemployment in many many countries, Um, tech-based job disruption. I see all those things only getting stronger in the next few years. And I also think the fact that everyone is in their political silos makes it very difficult to have a coherent conversation about the future. That, too, uh, makes populism more likely. I actually am going to bet on more populism rather than less in four years.
2: Populism isn't going away for as long as you have low growth, 10% 10% plus unemployment rates. And those, those are the kinds of things that have to be fixed to get rid of populism. If Macron can be the, the first of, of, I hope, many other European leaders to lead Europe into uh, an era of greater opportunity and growth, then I think populism will be vanquished. But barring that, um, we're just going to have
0: more of the same. Rob Cox is global editor at Reuters Breaking Views. Rana Fruhar is the global business columnist at the Financial Times. Thank you both. Thank you. Thank you. And I'm Charlie Herman, and this is Money Talking from WNYC.